is for us to be here. And uh, we, we are so thankful that you chose us to come and be a part of, kind of join the party up here in uh, Burlington, right. Vermont. Well. And uh, we really feel honored and privileged to, uh, to, to be here. I think kind of the timing of it all, even with the whole beginning of the new year, and um, you know, just being able to look forward to, uh, to, to God doing just great things in our lives and, and in our community. And uh, it's, just a, it's just really an honor and a privilege for us to be here with you. And uh, we're just really, really thankful. And so Amen. thanks for having us. And we're going to have a blast. And uh, we're going to do this together. Right. Yeah. And uh, we do really have, uh, you know, Jesus said that, that uh, to all of us, you know, you're the light of the world. You're the mega light of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. New living translation. You know, it's always, you know, you know, especially in times when I'm feeling down or I'm feeling discouraged or I'm feeling sad, it's always helpful for me just to remember that Jesus said that I'm the light of the world. Yeah. And that he described himself that way. And so in, in, a, in, a, in a real way, we're all on, the same, on, all on the same level. We've all got the same sort of, we're all sort of created for greatness in that same way. And God has put that, that greatness inside of us. And when we do it God's way, when we live God's way, he designed for humans to thrive, we thrive. Mm-hmm. And we experience things like love and joy and peace and goodness and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and life becomes a, a, an adventure. And we also get to make an impact. We get to inspire others That's right. by our mega light you know, as we go. Mm-hmm. And I'm really looking forward to um, just to doing that together and, mm-hmm. and doing that with you uh, coming into 2020 and beyond. And so thank you. That's true. Wow. Well, first of all, I have to say thank you to Emmett and Larry because we are, 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 our moving situation didn't allow the bed to be brought up to the upstairs of our apartment. And so... Emmett came and like helped me at the loft. Him and I were on one end, and <laughs> on the other, trying to get our bed. Uh, they put our bed together, so we got. Emmett's got skills. Thank you to the Leafs for letting us crash and be at your home, and just have the privilege to be able to be with you guys to crash before we moved in. And then to be able to be with the Slaters last night, kind of celebrate the kickoff of a wonderful time in Vermont. We just feel really, really blessed, and I think. But we were talking about with the leaks the other night, but I think one of the greatest qualities that Jesus gave us is he said, guess what, I, I call you my friend. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the honor that we feel, is just to be able to be here and to be able to be friends and do life together, be each other's map carriers, help each other get to Jesus, and just the honor that we get to do it together. And uh, I'm really thrilled. I have my Vermont acrostic already ready. <laughs> so I'll reveal it to the women later. It's just mine, you know. But uh, a lot of it is about having that all of us feel really valued. We've got as a special place just for each one of us. And uh, it's just an honor to be with you guys. It's an honor to be on this venture. I feel like Steve and I just celebrated our 29th anniversary. But I feel like we're like newlyweds getting what new adventure. It's pretty exciting yeah, to be really here and do that with you guys. And we're just we've been praying every day for everyone that we've known. And that's our commitment to you, that we'll pray every single day for every one of you. And um, and know that God will strengthen you guys in so many ways. But we're looking forward to the great adventures ahead. Uh, and we we just have a, um, just so you know a little bit about us, we have, two, we have two children, Nick, who's married to Bree, and they're in Atlanta, and they work with the campus ministries in Georgia. And then my daughter, Mackenzie, is 22, and she just started her nursing career, her night shift. Yeah. So that's uh-huh. about us. Oh, I, I, I can't wait for them to come up so you guys get to have know our family mm. and be together. But uh, it's an honor to be with you guys. Yes. Thanks for you guys 
holding down the fort for all the years you have and just the, the God's feet and just the dedication you guys have had to take care of this incredible congregation. So just looking forward to it. Awesome. Right. Amen. Let's pray. How about that? <laughs> Father in heaven, it's just an honor to have a brand new day in front of us. Mm-hmm. Father, you've given us so many, so many uh, things that, Father, we kind of take for granted life and breath and everything else. Mm-hmm. Father, you've blessed us, God, to live in a such a place like uh, Burlington, Vermont, where we mm. get a chance to be in awe of you, even just in the drive down to church. Mm. Father, thank you for the snowfall. And thank you for the seasons. And thank you for all the wonder that comes along with it. Father, thanks for a new year. And uh, Father, I know for, for me, I, I sometimes uh, feel super excited about the new year. Sometimes I feel overwhelmed. And I feel uh, a little bit uh, a little bit afraid. Mm. And uh, am I going to be able to step into what you have for me? Am I going to mm. be... Am I going to have um, uh, the dreams and goals that you want me to have? Am I going to succeed, Father? And I know that with you that um, all those things, Father, are guaranteed. Mm. Father, I look forward to personally and as a family really uh, walking with you, Father, to see what you have for us. God, so we can stand on the heights. It's crazy to think, Father, you stoop down to make us great. Mm. Father, we, uh, we need that so desperately. Father, we need your vision. We need your life. We need your love. Uh, Father, we need your words, your wisdom, Father, for each one of us. Mm-hmm. And Father, we pray that this would be the greatest year ever. Mm-hmm. And Father, why not? We have the Spirit. Right. We have your Word. Mm-hmm. We have each other. Mm-hmm. We have you. Father, why not dream of this being the greatest year mm-hmm. of all time, yep. the greatest mm-hmm. year yet? Mm-hmm. Father, because I know that, um, that you're able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Mm-hmm. Father, thanks for this time together. Bless uh, this time in your Word. What a privilege and an honor it is yeah. to... To, to read the truth, read the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Father, read the, the, the ancient wisdom mm-hmm. that uh, applies even today as much as it's applied at any time mm-hmm. in history. And Father, so we look forward to hearing what you have to say to us and then really moving on from here, putting it into practice. Yes. Father, we love you deeply. Bless this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um, so we got a brand new year. Come on. We've got like a brand new, like, like 360 days ahead of us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's exciting, but it also can be a little daunting. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I sit down, you know, to kind of plan out my year. And, and, I, and, I, and I, I love kind of dreaming big dreams, and I love kind of that whole process of kind of imagining what God can do, setting goals and that kind of stuff. But also sometimes there's, there's sort of that fear that comes along with it. Yeah. Or that feeling of inadequacy that comes uh-huh. along with it. Because right. I want to set big goals, but then I go, ah, let's just kind of, kind of play it safe. <laughs> you know? Or I want to really believe in God that much, but I don't want to fail. Right. And so sometimes for me, it's, it's it, it, kind of along with setting goals or having dreams, it's good for us to have actually to make plans of stuff that we're looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we've set a couple of, uh, we have a couple of plans this year that we're looking forward to. And it kind of occurred to me that that's kind of what a dream is, is that it's something you're looking forward to. Mm-hmm. So you anticipate it, you're, you're thinking about it, you're, you're dreaming about it, you're, you're envisioning it. But it kind of gives you life today, even though it may not happen for another few months or, or longer, you're kind of living into it. And so I think it's really, it's really cool for us to have things that we're looking forward to. One of the things that we're looking forward to is we've been, we're saving up to go on a trip back to the place that we're 
30 years ago because we're coming up on our 30-year anniversary. And so we honeymoon in Kauai. In Hawaii. We haven't been back, you know, since. And I hate to say that a lot of times we don't get to enjoy our anniversary as much as we'd like because it's, it's on December 22nd, so it's right there Christmas and New Year's. But um, but we feel so blessed to have kind of found each other, and that's a whole other story. Day, See? Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Um, but we're really looking forward to that, and we're already talking about it, and we're kind of you know starting to save up towards that, and we're really looking forward to it. But I, I find that it gives me a little extra pep in my step. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it makes me a little bit better person. Just to be able to have something like that to look forward to and to um, to dream about. And get in shape for it. And get in shape for it. <laughs> <laughs> right. It kind of gives it a little bit more context and just, i got to get to the gym more. <laughs> but how about you? Is there anything that you're kind of looking forward to that comes to mind in, in 2020? I mean, of course, the little people. <laughs> they don't even know what you're looking forward to, right? <laughs> So the conference in down in Orlando in July, right? Yeah, first weekend in July. That's awesome. Great. Great, yeah. Mackenzie and I are both going to graduate from grad school. share my whole my whole thing but um, I, I signed, I've done a few sprint triathlons and so I signed up being this is, this is a summer Olympic year I signed up for a, an Olympic triathlon it's going to be at the end of June so I, I they just committed in front of the so anyway but it's in Vermont it's down at Lake Dun, 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 Dunmore Dun, Dunmore you might need to recover at my house Okay. That's radical. Yeah, that's great. Let's start with John chapter one. John chapter one. What was that? Oh, you did? Oh, please. Claire, what do you got? Claire. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so, anybody else have their hand up? Okay. All right. 
So John chapter 1. So last time, we, last time we were here, we talked a little bit about John chapter 1, and we talked a little bit about uh, Matthew chapter 5. And we talked about sort of life and light. We talked about one life. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is this verse that I shared last time, John chapter 1 and verse 4. It simply says this. It says, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. You know, Jesus fascinates me. Because of his impact. Because he was so normal. He was so down to earth. He was so one of the guys. He was so one of the the dudes that grew up in the neighborhood. But yet he was so like, he was so powerful. And he was so astonishing. And those words are in the Bible, in the Gospels quite a bit. That people were in awe when they would hear him speak. Mm-hmm. That they were astonished. That they were delighted. Like it made them happy. It's kind of like me as a kid. I remember my dad, his nickname in the army was Arms. And I remember as a little boy, when he would make a muscle, I was delighted. <laughs> I was like, that is the coolest thing. I, I, I like laughed. Because I was so excited that my dad was strong. And, uh, and, and that's a response I think that people had a lot with Jesus, that, mm-hmm. that they would see what he did, and they would, they would hear his words, and they would see this life in him. Because that's what it was. It was a life force. It wasn't a program. It wasn't some you know, school that he set up. It was his life that drew people to him. And we can all, we can all remember people where, they, where, where we met them, and there was just something about them. There's something about them where they had a life force inside them. They, they felt a little bit more alive. And, 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 and we, we sense it. As human beings, we sense it. And that's what we sense in Jesus. Jesus wasn't well-educated. Jesus wasn't wealthy, in, you know, according to the world standards. Jesus didn't have prestige. Jesus had a very difficult childhood. You know, Jesus had lived, grew up in very difficult circumstances... And yet he overcame all of them. And there was this life force that enabled him to rise above. And it became the light of all of humanity. It became a light that literally we're talking about here in the beginning of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. 2,000, 20 years later from when Jesus lived. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And, and it's amazing to think that, that not only did he bring life, but he can teach us how to live life as well. I went to a Springsteen concert one time. And, you know, I, I love Bruce Springsteen. And I love him because he kind of speaks from the heart. He sings from the heart, you know. And he's and I, in this concert, he was, he was yelling. He was asking the crowd. He says, is there anybody really alive out there? And he was getting, you know, it's kind of one of his things, getting the crowd going. And it was in this arena, and it was just packed, and people were going crazy. But, you know, I'm thinking about it and going, wow, that's a really good question. Yeah. Is there anybody really alive out there? Because, you know, one of the things I've realized, having been in a lot of different places around the world, having spent years in Japan, you know, a very different culture, is that all human beings basically are looking for the same stuff. Yeah. We're looking for things like life. How do you live this life? It's like, you know, it seems like it would be nice if we got a manual. You know, when we when it kind of, we kind of came out, you know, little fields are going to be feeling that a little bit. <laughs> of course, you know, we do have the manual here in the scriptures, you know, as to how to how to live life, how you know the values, the priorities, the principles, these kind of things. And so, people want life. And so, if you travel around the world, human beings are are looking for life, mm-hmm. life force. We don't want to be empty. 
We don't want to be dead. We don't want to be purposeless on the inside. And yet so many humans have sort of settled for that. Well, I'm just going to just kind, of, just kind of exist until I go. There's no way to live. And so people are looking for meaning. People are looking for love. Like, how do you make relationships work? How do you, how do you make relationships with all the other stuff going on in life? How do we make it? Because there comes a point in life where we realize that that's the most important thing. We can have, we can succeed, we can, we can get all the accolades, we can do all the performance stuff, and that's great, and that's important, that's good. But there comes a time where we go, you know, the, we, we realize that, that, that really life should be lived with friends. Should we live in love? And we're looking for true friends. We're looking for, you know, a love relationship with our kids. We're looking to have a connection with our neighbor that goes just beyond sort of maybe a, a way. And so, and so when we look at Jesus, he is really trying to answer these basic questions for us. One of the things that was amazing to me when I was in Japan is how much Jesus' words spoke to um, people of a different culture. Because I, I thought of, when I went there, I thought of Christianity a lot of it as an American thing. And as something where, you know, um, we kind of, we kind of, I mean, at least to me, I don't know what it is for you, but it, it felt like Christianity was sort of an American thing. Where, of course, it's not. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not American. We didn't invent it, of course. <laughs> but we've got sort of a, we've got sort of a pretty, pretty kind of colorful tapestry of Christianity here in America. But, but so what I was wondering as I went to Japan was, would Jesus' words be enough to change a life? Would his life and the way he lived his life be enough to change a life? You know, one of the things I realized in that time is that there's been no one else that lived life like him. No Chinese person. There's no, there's no Jesus in Chinese history. There's no Jesus in Japanese history. There's no Jesus in, in African history. Um... Jesus is the only one who lived among us, went through all the tough stuff that we go through, who predicted about five or six times in the Gospels in detail how he would die and that he would rise from the dead. And then he just did it. And then he just went ahead and did it. And so with, with everybody throughout history, we're all equal in death, right? We all, we all get to that place, whether rich or poor, it doesn't matter what background you're from, we all die. And so, and so the, the, the playing field is totally level at that place that everybody dies, except for one guy. And so he, he died, but then he came back to life just as he said. And in essence, what he was doing with that is he was proving to us that he is the guide. Mm-hmm. He is the one that can show us not only that he had life, but how we can have life and have it to the full. Mm-hmm. How we can have life, and that life can be the light mm-hmm. of man. I don't know about you, but I want to live life to the full. Mm-hmm. I want to get to the end and go, I went for it. I went for it. And I, I took risks. I went for it. I lived the best life I could have led. And, uh, and and the only guy that I see that's really worthy of following that did that himself was this guy right here. Mm-hmm. Jesus. What 
an honor it is for us to get to follow him. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, have you ever gone online in a particular in a particular industry or a particular discipline to look for the experts online? <coughs> you know, in, in, in any industry, whether it's music, whether it's art, you know, in any industry there's experts, right? And they're paid the big bucks. They're the influencers, you know, on Instagram. You want to find an influencer and be able to spread your message and help me with that. And so, you know, when it comes to life, there is no one else like this guy, like Jesus. He is the master. He is the expert. He's the one. And not only does he give us the information, he does it with us. He's our trainer. He's our coach. He's our brother. He's our friend. He's right there with us to guide us through the whole thing. He's cheering us on. He's saying, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. Let's do this thing together. Let's, let's raise our hands and yell at the top of our lungs. We're going you know, through the roller coaster of life. Let's enjoy it. And he does such a great, he's, it's, it's such an honor to be able to follow him. Mm-hmm. Be able to hang out with him and learn how it's really done. And so, you know, as we think about the new year, I think one of the things that, that's kind of cool is we get to dream about having the greatest year of all time. Like, why not, right? Why settle? Well, you might say, well, this past year was terrible, and the year before that was, wasn't great either. Well, that's okay. That's okay, because what we're going to do is we're going to learn from it. We're going to learn from that. We're going to kind of, you know, get the life lessons from those years. But then we're going to go to Jesus as our life coach, as our trainer, and go, Jesus, I know you can help me with this. Happen to have the best year ever. I can have the greatest year ever. You know, when, the, uh, when we watch the commercials, when we listen to the ads, what do they say is going to, you know, what do they say just kind of describes the greatest year ever coming up? What is, what, how do they say how to have it? So as they're trying to, to, to speak to you and to me about what the greatest year, what, what's necessary for the greatest year ever, what are, they, what, are they, what are we hearing a lot of right now? Right, so you need their stuff. Yeah, you need their stuff, right? <laughs> right. Okay, you need their stuff, okay? Upgrade. You know, upgrade. All right. Yeah. Okay, what else? What else? What else is, what's the world saying right now? We have a slimmer, healthier, faster, fitter. Yeah. Okay. Slimmer, healthier, faster, fitter. The economy. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The economy, right? Has a lot to do with money. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. All right. Anything else? So many baby joys. So many baby joys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So many. I think the whole idea of not being enough. You're not enough without. Yeah, you need something else if you're going to be truly, truly fulfilled. You know, that you're, we're not enough. Yeah. I think this time there's a lot of ads for like political leaders. Like, elect me and I will make everything better. Right. Yeah. Right. We're in for that, aren't we, in 2020? We're in for a lot of that. Yeah, it's really true. And it's funny because it's the same stuff year after year. And it never seems, to your point, Carolyn, it never seems to it never seems to to, to live up to what it's to what it's billed as. And so but but kind of like Ecclesiastes talks about, we're chasing after all these things. Kind of like it talks about in Matthew six. It says, you know, the pagans are running after all this stuff. And we see that in the world. People running over there, and then people running over there, and then we're in the crowd running over there. We're trying to, we're trying to catch up. It's called the rat race. And so sometimes we're like, how do I get out of this thing? How do I, how do I, how do I live? 
but not be so invested in the rat race? Well, that's where we go back to Jesus. And I want us to look over at Matthew chapter 7. So I want us to ask ourselves the question, what does Jesus say? What does Jesus say is going to make this the greatest year ever? Is he talking about, you know, these different things that we've mentioned? Because I happened upon this passage a little ways back, and it's, and it's simplified everything for me. Because it helped me to, uh, to see a very simple thing, a very simple habit, that if we will practice this habit, if we will develop this habit in our life, we are guaranteed success. Would you like to know a habit like that? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So after my last uh, uh, time here, I, I kind of threw out a little teaser at the end of the uh, sermon. Part two. Right. <laughs> Katie came to me afterward and asked me to reveal. Right? I said, I don't know, Katie. I don't know if I can do it. You have to wait. <laughs> but what we were talking about was, was, was that. So we talked about Jesus having, having the light of life in him, living life to the full. Being, being a, a world changer. Living a life that we go, oh, wow, that made a difference. Wow, that was inspiring. And we said, well, well how can we do that? And I said, there's one simple habit that he teaches that if we will adopt it as our, as our habit, as our life, that it really guarantees success. And so here it is. You guys ready? ready. Come on. It's a simple, simple, a dimple, simple, two-step <laughs> habit. All right? And it's Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. It says, therefore, everyone. And that's a key word. Because he's not just talking about Americans. He's not just talking about men. He's not just talking about, you know, religious people. He's talking about, therefore, everyone. Anybody. All people. Matthew 7, 24. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice... There's the two steps. Everyone who hears these words of mine and then practices these words of mine, look what will happen. It's like a wise man. It's like a wise woman who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. Who built this house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. Jesus wasn't a fake expert. That's right. Right. Jesus wasn't a guy who, who just bought a thousand followers on Instagram, or a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, and called himself an expert. He had true authority. He was living it, he was proving it, he was showing it, he was modeling it. He said, if you'll do this one thing, if you'll hear my words, and I'm really speaking for your benefit, I'm speaking because I love you, I'm speaking because I believe in you, I know you were created for greatness, I was there when you were created, you're amazing, you're incredible, you're awesome, you're lovable, God, God made you for something so special. He says, but you've got to live life the right way. You've got, to, you've got to take in the right stuff. You've got to hear the right stuff. And then you've got to practice the right stuff. Mm-hmm. When you do that, you can go through life victoriously. Because what's going to happen is you're going to become a wise person. 
and a wise person who actually puts the truth into practice in real life. So you can become a wise person, you can become a character person who's got a deep foundation that even when the most brutal, the most difficult challenges come, yeah, you're going to go through challenge yourself. But at the end of that, actually, you're going to be better. You're going to be stronger. You're going to be deeper. And you're going to be experiencing even more in life. Life to the full. That's what Jesus Jesus promises. But here's the thing. This is a tough habit. (laughs) It's a tough habit. And it requires us us to, to open up the scriptures in our busy lives. And it doesn't require us to, to, to even read much. You could literally read two words and hear God speaking to you. It could take, you know, a second. It could take a day. And, or it could take longer. I mean, think about it. Think about Jesus speaking with the Samaritan woman. Think about Jesus speaking with Zacchaeus. Think about Jesus, Peter, walking with Jesus for three years. Think about all these experiences. It didn't take. It wasn't about an issue of the length of time. What it was that people heard what he said, and they put it into practice and did something. Yeah. If we can get into that habit, Jesus guarantees you and me success yeah. in life. We're going to live life to the mostest, to the awesomest, <laughs> to the fullest, just like you. <laughs> and we're going to be overcomers. Yeah. We're going to rise above with faith, hope, and love. We're going to become the people who, when they look at us, they say, wow, that person has some life in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That person has some real joy in them. And it's not based on circumstances. It's not based on all this stuff. It seems like it's coming from inside. They seem plugged in to something that's actually really working for them. And that's Jesus' words. So hearing and practicing. So for me, it's tough a lot of times because... Hearing, I gotta slow down. I gotta, I gotta think. I gotta consider. And so I read. And I go. So what is God saying to me? Yeah. What kind of words are jumping off the page? What's kind of like? You read the Bible, and it seems like some words, some concepts, some sentences are sort of glowing a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that one's for me. Yeah. So I gotta think about that. And typically, I try to write it down. I try to think about it. And then I'll try to say, think to myself, well, how can I put that into practice today? How can I make that, how can I bring that into my day-to-day? And I find that over a week, a month, a year, ten years, that there's true, deep change that's going on in my heart, in my soul, in my mind, in my body. Because God cares about all of it. And, and there's true change and there's true root building and there's true depth because I'm doing it Jesus' way. He's my coach. He's my trainer. He's, he's uh, my teacher. And he's helping me in the real things of life. Look over in Luke. Luke chapter 7. We're going to finish here with a little exercise. Let me ask you this. What is, what is one of your favorite Jesus moments? Let me describe what, that, what, the, what I mean by that. So when you're reading through the Gospels, when you think about Jesus, what's a scenario or a situation that you see him in that really resonates with you? Mm -hmm. That kind of makes you giggle on the inside a little bit. Mm -hmm. Kind of like you looking at your dad, you know, showing you his muscle. (laughs) Or whatever. It comforts you. It inspires you. It helps you to feel a little bit more whole, a little bit more connected. 
what's a passage or what's a situation for you that you see Jesus in that inspires you in that way? Chris? Uh, I think the first thing that came to mind was Jesus calming the storm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where everyone else was <coughs> freaking out on yep. the boat and Jesus was asleep and uh, they, they wake him up because they think they're going to die and he just kind of goes out and does his thing, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Jesus calming the storm. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think when he uh, calls Zacchaeus and he goes, you know, he looks at probably a man who's not respected, who's insignificant to the rest of the society and around him. Yep. And, he, and he calls him out because he sees the desire of the man's heart more than just the outside of who he is in the flesh. And I think uh, he made Zacchaeus so important that he's in Scripture. Mm. And now I get to see that. Jesus cares so deeply for the least of us. Yes. Mm. Totally. So inspiring. Um, I think my favorite of all time is just that in um, the bleeding woman in, in Luke 8, that Jesus just he sees her in the crowd. She's not invisible to him. And even that he stops there and he goes, wait, the power's left. He's like, wait, I still see, I know you're tagging there behind me. And just one, just incredible honor and and support and love he showed to women mm. and women weren't respected but then yeah. that thing about the other day when you were sharing about Jesus didn't come to bring religion he came to bring a party mm-hmm. and that Jesus really did come to give us freedom and that that's what this woman was like when he left she said you're, you're set free but I think she inspires me <coughs> watching his encounter with her about mm. I see in the crowd mm. hold hold love <coughs> Leverage line. To me, it's Jesus reaching out to people that are really at, at their worst, whether it's the woman caught in adultery, mm-hmm. or even Peter, after the resurrection, when he needed to be forgiven right, by Jesus. And how Jesus was going to reach out <coughs> and forgive and unforgivable, and that really gives me hope when I'm feeling unforgivable that mm-hmm. Jesus can forgive me. And then also makes me think about how I can love people, you know, other people, in that way. Jesus totally. you know, went after people that he didn't, like, that didn't have to. Right. right. Right, and it's so so like simple, but it's so inspiring, and, and it speaks to us. Anybody else? Yeah. I really like when he's with the demon possessed man, and he sends the demons into the pigs, because mm-hmm. uh, he just, you know, the, the man runs up to him and he just first goes, "What's your name?" Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> right. It's such a, such a simple question, but it's like. Yes, you're having issues, but let me know first. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I understand you're in trouble, but oh, cool. mm-hmm. who are you? you know? Yeah, so true. I love it. It's great. Anybody else? Yeah. Uh, when Jesus says, uh, "He who has not sinned cast the first stone," mm-hmm. that when I was a teenager, that that got me. He just put everybody in the same place. Yeah. Yes. Nobody's better than themselves. Mm-hmm. We're all. I know it. It's like it's so masterful. Yeah. Like in that moment, how he, I don't know, captured grace and truth all together in one, yeah. in one encounter. So, so, so powerful. Anybody else? Yeah. Carl. His composure to the entire crucifixion, specifically in front of Pilate, because I mean, he's a sleepless night. He's been beaten. He's been tortured. And now he's standing before a guy who's claiming that he has the power to kill him. He has unbelievable composure and his answers have unbelievable clarity yeah. as he's basically uh, helping Pilate to understand the true order of where things lie. Mm. You know, that you only have power if it's been granted to you. Mm. 
you know, and the fact that he's able to declare that, hey, I am a king, and kingdom is not of this world, you know. I'm always impressed with Jesus' clarity of thought, but to, to, to go through that, like I think of when I go through difficult things, the amount of torture that you can go through, and yet you're not accusing people, you're not attacking people, you're continuing to love them, you're continuing to extend yourself and not pull back into your heart. So true. Seeing him under pressure, intense pressure, is is inspiring. Yeah, actually, I just think of something more baseline. Um, no yeah. weapons formed against me shall prosper. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that resonates from childhood even up to today with those <coughs> challenges. Um, not that those challenges are not directed towards me personally, but towards the people of God. And mm-hmm. so that they may not necessarily be prosperous. They may mm-hmm. be formed. Didn't say they wouldn't be formed. Mm-hmm. So they'll be formed. Yeah. They won't be <coughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And, 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 you know, Jesus, again, kind of makes, makes things so normal, mm-hmm. but also is in the midst of that so inspiring, so approachable, so yeah. relatable, mm-hmm. and, we, and we connect with him. But he also takes us to a different place. Mm-hmm. And we don't stay in the same place when we, when we really listen to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Go right now, Luke chapter 7. <coughs> I want to really encourage you as you start off a new year is go back to that passage you just thought of because there's something special for you there there's a gift there for you that's going to inspire you in a way that you probably don't expect if you go back and read it because that's kind of like one of your anchor scriptures it becomes something that in- inspires who you are and, and where you're going <coughs> and so go back to that story you mentioned and ask God and try and hear God's voice in that passage, to help you to sort of start to navigate 2020 in a great way. But in Luke chapter 7, I just wanted to read this real quick. And I wanted us to do this little exercise. So I'm going to read this, and I want to ask you, what are you hearing? How is God speaking to you through this passage? What kind of jumps off the page to you? And then how can we go and practice it? And then we're going to enjoy our communion together. Luke chapter 7, in verse 11, it says, Soon afterward... Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples in a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her, and when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. And then he went up and touched the coffin, and those carrying it stood still, and he said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. And this news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Is there anything in there, any word, anything in there that, that stands out to you, that kind of resonates with you, that, that you're hearing? God is kind of talking to you. Exactly. I think it's that line that God has come to help his people. Yeah. That's right. Really mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. God has come to help his people. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save it. He came to help. Mm-hmm. He came to serve. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I love that it says um, his heart went out to her. Yep. That he just feels for people who are hurting. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And chances are his heart goes out to us. That's what I see when I read that. I go, okay, maybe Jesus 
Start it up to me and then go and do yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I like that after he said that, it said, then he went. Mm. And he did, he acted. Yes. So he let his heart be moved, he reached out to her, and then, like Jesus always did, he acted. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yes. Yeah. So true. He, he stepped out, he loved her, he acted, loved him. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm really moved by the line that Jesus gave him back to his mother and just mm-hmm. that it's about repairing relationships. Wow, mm-hmm. right. Resurrecting, if you will, just love mm-hmm. in places that there's, like, there was no hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that speaks to what you're saying to us now. It's like there's so much hope. Yes. Know, that's his gift that he's willing to actually get in there and touch the coffin and get in there and get involved. Right. Yeah. Right. He's, he's, right in the, he's right in the mix. Like you said, bringing people back together. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. That he saw. I think so many times I think that I'm not seeing. Yep. I think it starts with him seeing and then acting follows. Yes. Part of me is being conscious of something. I think it's that awareness that we are seeing regardless of Yep. So true. I love it. Yeah. Um, I also really envision him as a, a man of utmost confidence because for him to go up and like approach somebody who's dead being carried on a coffin or and it says a beer. You know, for people to just stand still and kind of be mm-hmm. waiting and it it kind of almost ca- just carries this air of he knows he's communicating, he knows exactly what he's doing, they're just anticipating right. some miracle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, the word widow sticks out to me just because in this passage, you know, we're talking about acting and doing and Jesus being a model, right? So in mm-hmm. the previous previous scripture, it's about taking care of widows and orphans mm-hmm. and being very clear about mm-hmm. the people who we need to be reaching out to, regardless if they are in our circle, but their circumstances speak volumes about what they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so that's what speaks out. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. Lo- I love it. He, yeah, he connects with his mom, his widow. Yeah. Uh, what really stands out to me is speaking to this whole business of death. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone has ever really been in a dark spot, but I have in my life, mm-hmm. and being close to death and experienced death at a very young age of close family members. Mm-hmm. And there's a permanence about it. There's a, uh, mm-hmm. a powerlessness about it. Right. And when he speaks to this thing, it is like one of the most powerful forces in life that terrorizes mm-hmm. mankind. Mm-hmm. And he takes this thing on. It says, this is not that big. Arise. Mm-hmm. And with that, we, mm-hmm. there's nothing that we can't accomplish in Christ. Amen. Yeah, it's yeah. Amen. It's so true. And, and he's such a... He's, I know. Yeah, he's so heroic. He's such a, such a fighter. such a conqueror. That's yeah, so true. I love that. He's taking it on going, it ain't nothing. <laughs> well, so let me ask the next question. So... How can we practice this? What can, what can we practice from this? What could we do? How, how could we live today in a big or small way that would help us to kind of take a step into into um, what Jesus is trying to teach us here? Any idea? I mean, I think the first thing is to see people. Yeah. Not, not just the outward. I mean, you know, Jesus saw her, but he felt mm. what she felt. He about her emotions and her, her pain and her, you know, so just 
so often we go throughout our lives and we go to the store and we talk to people, and, but we don't really see them. You know, we don't see what they might be feeling or the pain they might have. Or, yep. And even talking to people, just to start it off yep. by talking yep. and initiating. Yes. You know. mm. Yep. I think just sort of what Steve was saying going off of that, but acknowledging it. Mm. We can see people are hurting all around us, but to actually reach out to them and acknowledge, hey, I see you're in pain. Yeah. I see you're hurting. Um, I think that's a huge step. So true. There's so much that happens just in that one, or can't, could happen from that one small encounter. Yeah. I'm so more loved to people. Mm. 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 all around us. I have a, I, I had a problem I went there. One of my patients used to hit me so bad. And the resistance level was 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And, but when she was told she only had two weeks to live. And I went into, I went into her room to do bottom. And she just became friends and told me what, that she had two weeks to live. Oh, and wow. I asked her the question, do you know God? Mm-hmm. And she said, no, I never read the Bible before. I never went to church before. <clears throat> and then I told her, I said, this is your best two weeks you have ever been. <laughs> I can read the Bible. Yep. You can get the pastor. You can go through the scripture. You mm. can get baptized. Mm. And it will be your best time you ever had. Mm. Wow. <laughs> that's why God won for us to do it. Mm. So Jesus words have people, you know, mm-hmm. around us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people around us, it's like some of the problem is they don't have no one to keep them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're looking for that love for someone. Mm-hmm. I talk a lot when I'm not, when I'm at work. Mm-hmm. Because more, and where I work and most of these people, they need to hear positive. Even though I, I struggle with my problems all the time, but I think <coughs> my kids that part of me that which I don't pay for, but God put it in me, mm-hmm. that I can share with others, yeah. they will share with other people and they will go mm-hmm. on and on. Yeah. Amen. So true. Mm-hmm. It gives us such a model that isn't it, in terms of just loving your neighbor. Yes. And paying attention. And God really knows. You know, uh, seeing that. I love it. And I think there's all sorts of little things. It's, it's not one thing. And I think sometimes even in preaching a message, you know, sometimes the challenge is you're trying to take a passage and kind of say what it's saying. But in some ways, there's a unique something there for all of us that might be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And, and as we kind of take it personally, and we say, okay, there's something in there for me. That may not be for the person next to me. There's something in there for me that's special, it's real, yeah. that's personal. And and when we act on it, that again, God promises that good things are going to come from it. Yeah. And then we're going to get stronger, we're going to get more courageous, we're going to live more fully. And so, you know, Jesus' life and his death were, were for that very purpose. They were, to, they were to activate something in you and me and in humanity. That would that would be great. That would lead to life. And so and so, you know, Jesus faced it. He he went into it. He's like, yeah, he went he went right into the fight, and he and he took it on for us. 
not only so that he could be the, the, the sacrifice for our sins, so that he can inspire us to face what we're facing and to do it with courage, to do it with faith, and to do it with hope, to do it with love, these kind of things that he taught us so well about. And so even as we take the communion today, let's go back and just say thanks. Let's be one of the ten that's healed that actually goes back and says thanks. And, and acknowledges him as, as the one that he is. And, and I really want to encourage us to, 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 to talk to God and to talk to him about just him training us this year. And him really being the one to instruct us. Because he's, he's making some great promises there. And there's all sorts of life. If Jesus can do this and then turn around and say that we can also live this kind of life, let's take advantage of that offer. And that promise. Because it is going to lead to the greatest year and so as, as we take communion, we're going to take the, uh, the juice, which uh, represents the, the blood of Christ. We're going, to, we're going to eat the bread that represents the body of Christ, him actually being right here with us in flesh and blood. And uh, let's just take a minute just to, uh, just, to, just to consider him and to think about him, okay? It's, uh, it's really an honor to be with you. It's really an honor to share the communion together. And uh, let's let's uh, let's together really hope and dream about this being being an awesome year together. Love you guys. Let's pray and we'll enjoy the community.